What do you like about corn? It's cold. A big look at knobs. It has to choose. And then the most beautiful thing. It's cold. I can tell you all about it. I mean, look at this thing. When it's white, I don't anything. Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Oh, welcome back to Wildcast Studios for another episode of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, Fenisters, I am your host, Adam, and I am, of course, joined by your favorite co-hoster and my friend for four years as of Monday on Facebook. We became Facebook friends four years ago. Isn't this season six, though? Why well, did a season and a half without you, or we didn't become friends? I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So wow, four weird. years. Four years. Wow, Mr. Jeremy Boucher, how are you? Hello, I'm doing well. Yeah. I'm doing well. Here we are again. Uh, we made it to a second week. Yep, we, we did. Didn't, we didn't get shut down. No, nope. yet. Yet. No. Nope. No. Nope. How uh, was uh, How was your weekend? Uh, the weekend was good. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, uh, the wife and the daughter and the dog and myself. Uh, we attempted to get into the Luke, not the Luke, the Blake Shelton yep. show without uh, a ticket. Uh, and? It didn't get in okay. to the show. However, um, we found a spot that we stood along with probably a couple hundred others. Yeah. And just watched it from there. Uh, sound was crystal clear. Did so you, you could for see. the Gwen? No. No. No, by that time... Uh, the little one had fallen asleep, <laughs> and the dog was super, super anxious because yeah. he's not used to being around that many people. So uh, we heard about uh, one, two, three, five, I would say four Blake Shelton songs, and then we took off. <clears throat> but I got to have a shout out to the uh, security guard. We're going to the uh, Starbucks parking lot on, on Champlain Street. Yeah. Uh, we got out of the car, and he was like, are you guys going to the concert? He's actually, he said, uh, he's like, first, you can't park here. I said, well, we're not going to the concert. And he was like, where are you going then? I was like, well, <clears throat> as you can see, I have my dog and my daughter is in her pajamas. So we're just going for a walk. He's like, oh, okay. Uh, usually people are just parking here to go to the concert, but uh, Starbucks doesn't want that. I guess you, since you guys are going to a walk, you can park here. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot, uh, Starbucks security guard, for allowing us to park. Wait, this is at like <clears throat> 9 o'clock at night? Yeah, about 8.30. I think quarter after, because I was, I was done golfing. Um, and you're like, I'm going to try and get in. I was like, let me know how it goes. Yep, about 8.30, 8, yeah. 8.30. And um, I think the Starbucks was closing at 9. Oh, um, okay, so it was still open. It was still open. Oh, okay. He was just like, you know what, screw it, just go. And yeah. I was like, all right, perfect, thanks. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so shout out to the Starbucks security guard. Uh, yeah. You know, that was a prime parking spot. I only had to walk like two minutes to get to where we wanted to be for the show. It looked like... like we didn't go. Um, mm-hmm. You know, tickets came out. I know country, but I know the older 90s country stuff. I know some of the new stuff. So I knew Blake Shelton. I probably would have known more Florida Georgia Line songs than I thought. But at the price point, I just thought, A, it's year one. Yep. Let's see how this thing goes. B, that's a lot of money to shell out for two bands at 930 at night that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that know me, I'm more of an indoor climate controlled concert kind of guy not a it's sunny then it rains then it's muddy then it's muggy like when luke bryan was on the the hill two years ago when layla was pregnant we had tickets to go to that it downpoured all night and all morning 
And then, you know, she just ended up not wanting to go because she just didn't feel good pregnancy wise. And I'm like, Oh, thank God. (laughs) Okay. Which it, I mean, it turned out, but I just, I've never really been a festival guy, but had they had maybe a few more bands, like I I had said to a couple people today at work, like, I mean, Terry Clark was just here at Turo in Turo, right? Yeah. At At that festival. Maybe if she would have been on the, on the, whatever the list for Saturday night, maybe that would have enticed me to go, but I think it'll just get bigger. Uh, there was what four bands per night. So yeah. Think, and they were decent. I yeah. Mean, for anybody who listens to country, like these were decently known opening acts. Like yeah. they weren't just, you know, random people. Jimmy, Jimmy, no, <laughs> you know, Jimmy, nobodies. And, and, you know, Jimmy, nobodies with a guitar. Yeah. It, it was legit. Like, country bands or country musicians yeah. who all have songs right now on on new country 969 and shout um, out to scotty and tony yeah. for hosting that thing yeah, they didn't they need did. us yeah clearly. they did a really good job but uh, um yeah there's already talks of, of coming back next year which is great uh for a first time festival mm-hmm. uh i've heard positive things yeah uh, the only thing i guess uh i would personally change would be if you bought drink tickets on Friday, they were not eligible to be used on the Saturday. Mm. So that's something immediately that I would change. I would so allow. If you bought drinks on Friday and didn't use them, you could use you're them. You're basically Saturday. out of money. People were complaining about they were out of fifty bucks, hundred bucks. Oh, like if you bought a ticket on Friday, like say you bought five tickets, you mm-hmm. had four drinks. Mm, you couldn't use the fifth one on the Saturday. So people were out money because they would go there yeah. Friday and buy all their drink tickets. To get it out of the way, and then bring their coupons to, to Saturday, and they they weren't. Uh, oh, you couldn't use them, so you had to buy different. Yeah. Uh, so that's you know that's an easy fix, and uh, that's other than that, I've heard really really good things, and hopefully it comes back next year. And be interesting to see how the uh, the people that lived around there found it. Um, like I'm sure you know you're having a backyard party, like you were mm-hmm. talking. Oh man, like you were these... telling us after, before we got on here, but mm-hmm. I just. There's there's the group that wants the show and enjoys the backyard, and then there's the group that's like, I don't want this in my neighborhood. Why wasn't this at the hill way away from my mm-hmm. house, right? Like, So it'd be interesting to see how that dynamic worked. We drove around for a little bit trying to find a parking spot, Yeah, and it seemed like every house was having a party oh, okay. um, in that area. So I think it would majority of the people were, were for it. Um, and if you weren't for it, you were probably putting your house up on Airbnb, <laughs> yeah. right? And making yourself yeah. a 400, yeah. 600, a and... maybe a grand uh, profit. Yeah. Right. So um, I think it's great. Uh, Location wise could be a little better because you can probably only get 20 grand in there. Yep. And uh, I, I would like to see something a little bigger next year for sure. Like you, you've got the hill, you've got the, uh, there used to be concerts at the racetrack in Chediac even mm-hmm. uh, way back in the day. And there's other locations they could have this festival at, but uh, I think it's, uh, I think they want to focus it on Dieppe because it's, you know, YQM yeah. airports in Dieppe. Blake Shelton even made fun of the name of the concert. <laughs> um, at the same time, noticing the sign in the crowd from a young woman that <laughs> yeah. asked Blake if she could be his fourth wife or whatever. So, who was the second or first? Miranda Lambert, Gwen Stefani, and who was the other one? <clears throat> oh, now you're. Cause I was, I saw that. And I'm like, I thought he was only married to Miranda Lambert and uh, Knet Williams. That would be why I don't know the first one. Yeah, that was the first one, right? That was the first one. Yeah. So Knet Williams, 2003 to 2006. Miranda Lambert from 2011 to 2015, and then presently Gwen Stefani. Stefani. 
<laughs> yeah, no, that's <laughs> yeah. I did, I did like that sign. A little bit of other news. Did you hear what happened at the zoo last night? Like the zoo zoo. Yeah, like the zoo zoo. They monkeys get, like they when wallabies? people well like not last night but like while it was going on monkeys were lighting their poop and throwing it at people <laughs> yeah people were getting third degree burns <laughs> <laughs> some old guy told us that at work today <laughs> he found it hilarious uh. i probably laughed a little harder than i should just there but he was killing himself it was a family that was going to the zoo today at work and they had two little children. So the the one girl is he's saying that she's like, Oh, gross and then he told the actual third degree burns. Yeah. Uh, I'll leave the dad jokes to that you, is, I guess. Eh? Uh, <laughs> ooh, All right. It's good. It's yeah. a good joke. <laughs> yeah. But uh oh what's this uh what's the one I saw today? It was uh Mike Murphy, uh the lawyer here in uh here in town. He's um he, it's one of those jokes where, for me, I'm pretty good with jokes. I get yep. them right away. But this one had me thinking for a couple minutes. Um, where is it here? I think he shared it on his his on his Twitter. Um, last week, my bank fired one of its fr- frontline people due to my complaint. Thank you. I went into the bank. I asked that. I asked she check my balance. Then she pushed me. <laughs> I read that and I was like, "What? Yeah." And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, okay, that's good. That one's good. I yeah. like that one. That one's pretty good. Uh, yeah, Jam Pack Show, a couple of guests uh, again as we preview the uh, Charlottetown Islanders and the Agony Bathurst Titan. Uh, before that, don't forget to like us on the YouTube now. We're fancy. Like and subscribe. Don't forget to smash that like button. Uh, we're on TikTok, on Twitter, Moncton Wildcast, and Instagram, Wildcast Podcast. Before we get to the news, we were talking about this off air, so we got a little bit of a quick question and uh, maybe get into the debate. So in relation to some of the camp cuts, would it have shocked you if uh, Adam Forte Jondron would have been sent back to Midget? Uh, I, he doesn't need it, but he could play there. He would allow to play bigger minutes on the power play and then possibly bring him at Christmas time. And, and I'm going to take the side of I think it would have been good for him. Um, now I don't know how it works if they can trade him to contenders because at that time he'd be, he'd be gone. Like, I don't know how the Phoenix are in their league. Like it, like I'm assuming you trade him to a contender like Magog, who's always there. Right. So, mm-hmm. but we don't really like, you don't want to force him in. He's 16. So he's going to play probably limited minutes. Um, potentially, this gives him a chance to go back, play power play, get bigger, get stronger, develop down there, and then depending on the trade, the trade period at Christmas time, you bring him back up. He's got a spot. He's playing multiple minutes. It's not always going to work where you're going to get a Moran and he's going to step in uh, five six and then eventually elevate to be one of the best defensemen on on the team. It worked for for uh, Grenier last year. Um, now he went back. I think it was more injury related than anything, but he went back. He looks faster, smoother this year. So I just, I just want to get your take. Would it have shocked you if they just sent AGF or AFG back to uh, to Midget? Yeah, it would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Like, I, I, your first round pick, we're still technically we're what second or third year re- yeah. rebuild right now. Third, um, if you're a second or third year rebuild team, there's no reason why you should be sending back a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, this was actually brought up on the message boards by all the always knowledgeable Captain Obvious. 
Uh, he, Which is uh, why we brought it here. <clears throat> yeah, pretty much. He, he thought it would be best for his development to go back to uh, to midget, but I I have to I'd have to disagree. I think it's it's good that he's here because uh, for me I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that's in and out of the lineup every every game. I think he's going to be a steady presence in the lineup. Uh, I think he's probably going to be a five a five or a six mm-hmm. defenseman every night. Uh, the guys you're probably going to rotate are, you know, a Marcel, a Ballantyne, a Grenier. Like those guys are probably going to rotate in into the lineup. Uh, <laughs> rotate, um, but and, that, and that's kind of why I thought you send him back because then Grenier's not rotating. Then Grenier's taking that five spot and developing for next year to move up. And that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I can see. I where mean, the I, I'm with you. Com- I no, also I, don't I, think I he should have. Argument, I'm just I, taking I, the other side. I get where the argument's coming from. Yep. I just don't think it's necessary because a well, what you mentioned, there's no trading in in midget. Yeah. So, if you're cut from a team and you're like, well, screw you guys, I'm better than this. You yeah. can go and try out for another team, but there's no there's no trades in in Quebec midget. Right. So, I don't know what the what the Phoenix team, and I say Phoenix, I mean Esther Blondin in Quebec, not Sherbrooke. Yeah. Um, I don't know what their roster is going to look at this year. I haven't even paid two seconds of attention to Quebec hockey yet. Um, that's probably going to be a, a month away. Um, that probably factors into a decision. I will say, though, um, on the topic of, of Quebec hockey and midget, I know we're talking about Forte Gendre on here. Yeah. So there's going to be a player. He's 15, and he's on – th- oh, my God. Is it Charles Lemoine? Anyways, grabs the puck at center ice – Goes on his off wing mm-hmm. on the right side. So he's a left shot down the right wing. Scoots past the defenseman. Avoids a hip check. Still has control of the puck. Goes behind the net. Michigan behind. Without even stopping. All in one motion. And scores. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, for, it, it's on It's on Twitter. It's it's actually ridiculous. He And without stopping behind the net <laughs> in full, full speed, Michigan... And goal, uh, ridiculous. But yeah, um, back to Forte Gendron. He, he needs to be here. Uh, he's the coaching's better, uh, the training's better, the facilities are better. Yeah. Um, and to me, I might sound a little biased when I say this, but I think he's going to be taking those steps, the same steps as Moran last year. Um, so if he's not, I'll be surprised if he's not. A th- if, if you know, I know he's going to start five six, but. If he's not three four by the end of the season, I'll be I'll be surprised. Yeah, no, I I'm ha- I have the same thought as you. I just took the other side for the debate, mm-hmm. and I don't think obviously he's still here um, with the C Shep rules, so he's not really going anywhere. So we can uh, we can rule that out. He's not going anywhere. Let's get into some camp talk. Wildcast training camp report. I always forget that there's no da 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 at the end. <laughs> it's just, it's just, uh, it's just Mike there. So, not a great week for the Wildcats. Before they got into some of the games, they uh, they cut a few players: uh, Justin Beaulieu, Matthew Boucher, Cooper Cormier, Sidney Delorier. Delorier. I almost said that S in there, and I knew that was wrong. That's why I stopped. Ethan Dolomont, Cole Gross, uh, Eli James, Ben Mercer, Rando, Isaiah Parent, James Richards, Quincy Cyprian, and then uh, Friday night Ryan Hackett. Kiefer Lyons, Riley Sampson, and Manic Saracen. I guess just right there, uh, obviously your reaction. Cyprian is the biggest surprise, or is Dolomont the biggest surprise? 
Um, well, on the returning side, obviously, Dalmont was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. It, it was a numbers game. Uh, he was at rookie camp. It, when he when he was invited to rookie camp, he probably had the idea that, oh, shoot, my job's in jeopardy. Yeah. That usually happens when you're a veteran. Yeah. We've seen it in the past. Uh, so that's really not a good indicator that they're doesn't necessarily that's necessarily going to be cut, but it, yeah. it, it makes it a little bit tougher. Uh, that they're not, you know, it's a pretty good indication that you that the, the front office, the hockey ops team, wants to see a little more from you, and they didn't get that yeah. more, right? And uh, again, and this with Dolmont, it was the same with Keith Kiefer lines, the same thing. Noticeable in the rookie games, but not so much in the, when when the veteran showed up, and that was the difference, mm-hmm. right? And that was a, that's you know if you're if you're going to be a player in this league, you, you not only have to do well in the rookie games, but even do better when when the older players show up, and that just didn't happen. And and for those wondering, the the fact that he was traded for and then cut the next day mm-hmm. had nothing to do with the trade. Like we needed to trade for him so that if he wasn't going to make the squad, we hold his rights and we can send him to wherever and bring him up. When and then obviously Geo looks like he's making the team in. Uh, in Gabe Breton, so good yeah, it was it was confirmed. Yeah. Uh, they they posted their um, Monday evening. Yeah, they posted okay. their uh, their roster. So yeah, Geo made uh, made the Eagles. So good for good for him. Uh, yeah, I guess in so, the whole Suprian thing, um, you know, it, I didn't know much about him. I just heard he was, you know, really fast skater and could make plays at at, at full speed, and he could. Check. Yeah. Uh, this is a case where I'd rather him be playing more than being like a 13th or 14th forward. Yeah. Uh, which is why I think he got, uh, which is why I got kind of think, you know, it's the same case as Saracen too. Like Saracen played really well when he was called up last year, scored a couple goals uh, and, you know, played his role perfectly, but mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a numbers game, and these are probably guys that they're they'll probably get a few call ups here and there this season. Um, I'm not sure about Saracen where he's going to be, uh, where he's going to be, or or same thing with Suprian. But um, yeah, these guys are going to get some call ups this year for sure. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I thought Hackett played really well in the final game, even got in a fight. Um, not that that makes you stay on on a roster, but um, I thought he was, you know, he got in the, in last year and you know, first game and you're just wide eyed and didn't make, you know, mistakes kind of played a simple game. I thought he was really good. Um, this year, I thought maybe he might stay after the deadline. Um, for, yeah, for me, uh, Dalmont was a bit of a surprise, but like you said, I mean, he, he came at rookie camp and that's generally not a good sign. And, um, I just think guys were a little bit better than him mm-hmm. this at this tournament. Um, another one was Ben Mercer. I thought he was, Thought he was okay um, in the rookie games, and you know he's got the size. It just just didn't happen once the veterans get here, and that's a that's a big. You can play against your own, but when the actual veterans get here and you're playing against other teams, veterans, um, you know if if you kind of look, I don't want to say slow, but you know if you just look not like you did in the rookie camps, it's it's tough to to stay. And that's especially when there's guys that haven't even played yet and you know, they're going to make the team. Yep, exactly. Uh, this, these cuts are always tough. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I think, uh, you know, obviously 
they they come to camp, they want to make the team. They they almost expect to make the team, but yeah. uh, just because of their experience. But you know, some of these things just um, again numbers uh, development wise. I know Dave Matthews is still around. Well, why is Dave Matthews still around? You might ask. Well, why wouldn't he be around? People are like, well, this makes he's not going to play every night. Well, sh- who cares? Like yeah. you know, he's for me. As a 14th forward, he's perfect because, again, I'd rather have a 19-year-old out of the lineup every night mm-hmm. than a 17-year-old, and that's what things come down to, and that's why Dave Matthews is still around is because he's your perfect 14th forward. He's not going to play every night, but he's going to be there for you when you need him. And when he does get in a lot like Saracen last year, he's playing on the third line, fourth line, mm-hmm. straight line speed, Get the puck in deep, go get it, mm-hmm. and that's that's the kind of player that that Dan wants on that third and fourth line. And another player that's not at camp and is still is Nathan Casey. Same kind of thing. He's mm. still here. He's injured. We don't know when he's going to be back, but you know he's another one. So we're down to our two goaltenders who we kind of guessed right. Philion and Steinman. Um, Philion looked good in uh, in his game against uh, Bathurst on Friday. So the Wildcats go oh one. Uh, Oh, one and two. Uh, they get back-to-back overtime losses. It's preseason, people. You want the win, but it, it's it's preseason, people. Um, Steinman looked good going the distance against uh, Charlottetown, but again, same thing as played last year. Lots of shots, not a lot of goals, but uh, couldn't hold on to the lead. Jacob Melanson did Jacob Melanson things against this team, <laughs> um, scoring late in overtime, and the Wildcats couldn't get it. Uh, in overtime, but we got two goaltenders. We got nine defensemen: Valentine, Fortuyn, Grenier, Marcel, Darcy, Hameller, Olson. Neither one have played, so you expect them to get some work and decide because they can be traded at any time. Like the trade deadline is yeah is for, done for twenty. Twenties can yeah. be traded at any time. The Senza and Moran, who haven't played, fourteen forwards: Ogier, Barbashev, Baudouin, who uh, the game against Bathurst. He's the complete player. He's the all-around mm-hmm. player. Mm-hmm. Back checks hard. He saved on a, I think it was a two-on-one or a three-on-one that almost was two-on. Oh, after a, a nice pass. Um, Daniel, LaBelle, Loshing, Mercier, Mueller, Pavin, Tybell, Lounsbury, McPhee, who I liked uh, his game on Friday, Smith, and Matthews. Smith is, Smith had a tough one on <laughs> Friday against uh, against Bathurst. Uh, the first penalty, I'm not really sure that was hit to the head preseason for the officials too. Um, but he, he took some penalties and Bathurst made you pay. And that's, that's tough on a young kid. And he's going to learn. He was tall. His, his, his second penalty was a check to the head. Cause he's tall. Uh, but he's, uh, he's getting it, but it just, that, that was a tough night for him. Yeah. 16. You know, yep. we're not going to judge preseason nope. here. Uh, that's why you have preseason games to yeah. have those tough nights mm-hmm. and you learn from it you grow from it this is why you have a random two-week break in the middle of the preseason <laughs> yeah. so you can tell players you don't do this yeah this is how you really play hockey yeah, yeah when you come uh, back in two weeks this is what you do yeah why would um, you, you know let's have a two-week training camp and then shut it down for two weeks and then just play until you're eliminated yeah so that makes a lot of sense yeah uh oh, who, who doesn't do love who doesn't love a random two-week vacation after a two-month vacation, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I yeah. wouldn't mind a two-week vacation no, after a two-month sh- vacation. I'm sure the guys in uh, St. John aren't minding the two-week break after hey. a two-month hmm. uh, slight vacation, but... Screw you, c Yeah. 
Uh, so they got one, probably going to cut one more defenseman, obviously Hamel or Olsen. And by cut, I mean, or trade. Um, and maybe one more forward. Would you carry 13 or would you carry? I would carry 14. Yeah. Um, it's just convenience for me. If you get an injury, well, you got to look. Barbashev's going to head off to camp uh, with the Rangers probably in a couple weeks. Um, so when those preseason games start b- back up in, you know, two and a half weeks, um, <laughs> yeah. I had to check my watch again just to make yeah. sure the math added up. Uh, you're you're going to want another body around just in case. The last thing you want to do is cut players and then call them up yeah. in the preseason. We've yeah. seen that happen. Yeah, we have. It's just a stupid, yeah. you know, how dumb. Um, yeah, I, I'm good with 14. Like I said, Matthews, he's, he's for me, he's a 14th forward. Uh, he's in the lineup when we need him, and that's that's yeah. for me perfect. He he's junior A player. He's not a Q player, but he's he's got he Maybe can play the role yeah. of a Q player. Yeah, he's a just spot start. Yeah, a couple spot starts. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Uh, you want to get to our guests? Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, it's Kong. <laughs> View from the other bench. All right, we get a view from the other bench, except I don't know why we called it that because it's not really the bench uh, for the preseason. This time it's up in the stands. Uh, everybody's favorite guy from Bathers. He's got about eight podcasts. Uh, Slapshot podcast, which is, I think, a pizza podcast or a hockey podcast. He's TikTok famous. <laughs> the fact that he's given us time is unbelievable. Your friend and ours, Johnny Rocket. Jonathan, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. What about you guys? Oh, we've done better if we'd have got two points on uh, Friday night. I'll tell you that much. It's only preseason. <laughs> it is only preseason. <laughs> Absolutely. These points are big in the I, standings. Well, exactly. Uh, and honestly, I mean, Adam, I know you're a big NFL fan, but yep. it's funny that people from the NFL are freaking out because some team that will suck this year are like 3-0. Yeah. And some analysts are like, it's only preseason. No, it's not only preseason. Everything counts. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You can learn so much from your third guard, and which you know you usually oh, laugh man. at, and then Tampa gets into a situation where we're using our third guard and our second center. So it's been a good August yeah. for me. Uh, my teams are winless in August, so it's been a good, uh, it's been a good August for me. But uh, how's your summer been, man? Um, it's been, it's been calm. Um, we finally, uh, were able to go to some festival and some concert like up in the North, which was really nice. Uh, we didn't travel at all. Uh, we're pretty much stay at home kind of a vacation type people. Yep. So yeah, I went to a few concerts, uh, made a few fires with my friends and, um, just hang around in the, in the beautiful Shalore region. The Shalore region. Like everybody's, yeah. no, there's no shore like the North Shore, and that's for North sure. Shore, the North Shore, that's for sure. Yeah, you say that on every single show. I try to. It's, We're nothing if not consistent, like, sir. It's always it's my way of telling you that I am thinking about you. <laughs> oh well, I'm I'm one of the best part of the North Shore from what you're seeing. Oh uh, well, you have to be on Big Brother Canada to be. Uh, <laughs> More. Oh my goodness! Yeah, no, that's never gonna happen. Probably Mass <laughs> Singer. I have better chance at Mass Singer. Mass Singer Canada. Ooh, that would yep. be yeah, that would be good. All right, well, let's pick your brain on this uh, this hockey team from the North Shore, there, oh, sir. Boy. All right. Uh, I mean, I'll just get the elephant out of the room. How long are you guys staying in Bathurst? 
<laughs> forever, forever and ever. I mean, we've had many um, conversations off off. Uh, well, honestly, air, I mean, I don't know if you have any many French listeners of your show, but basically, this summer we had a full season of Lance Comte. It was crazy, like everything that happened, like to hire new coaches, new GM that got hired in the AHL. A big rumor of a new owner that is not an owner that became an owner that's not going to be an owner. Uh, <laughs> finding a coach like two slash GM two days before training camp starts. Um, the city that shit on the Titan, and then two weeks after they have a meeting with the Titan to excuse himself. I mean, it's been a hell of a roller coaster. But as far as the team, um, even if they're being sell- sold or not. Um, I can guarantee that they will be here for at least four to five years if they are being sold. That's one, because um, I doubt that's going to happen. There's a September 30th deadline. And from what I'm hearing, um, it's pushing towards uh, a dead deal. So would it be a good thing? Would it be a bad thing? Obviously, that the present owners need some money. Uh, that's pretty obvious. And that guy is a multimillionaire, so he has money. But if a guy with a lot of money comes here just to take our team, uh, he can go screw himself in the back of the road in Montreal. Um, so, uh, but I can't say anything right now, but there is a bunch of fans that are trying to figure out a plane B if the transaction is uh, being like boarded, which might happen, which might not happen. So if the transaction is dead uh, i think a couple of um, owners might be impressed with what the fans are working on right now right. i can't say too much about that because i don't want to put anybody under the bus or but um i put it that way uh, if you guys know how the green bay packers are being run people are trying to put that in batters that's yeah. all i'm gonna see which is community and you kind of same as saskatchewan exactly it's community and everybody yep. can buy shares and it's like 0.01 of a share uh exactly yeah no that's that's kind of what you you need because like i've said to you a few times i mean if if this was going the way of leaving i mean if i was up there i'm not giving that team a dime knowing they're going to be leaving in three years right i'm not going to invest my time and everything but if if it's my team and i can i can be invested in it then then i uh because i mean just for example I know for a fact that there's a September 30th deadline. And as of right now, I haven't bought my season tickets yet. Because what? if the team is being sold, I won't buy my season ticket. I will go to some games. Yeah. But knowing that that guy will just take the team and leave as soon as he figure out what he can do in Montreal or whoever, wherever he wants to go. Um, so I'm going to go at the opening night. I'm going to go to a few games. But if the transaction Jackson is uh, being like aborted, I'm buying my season ticket and I'm reaching out to the bunch of fans that are trying to figure out the plan B thing for sure. Yep. It'd be nice one day to have the a partial owner of the Tita on the show. No, such as yourself. I would still yeah. be here. <laughs> <laughs> so humble. We would expect you to let us know of all the yeah. moves that are uh, that are coming. Speaking of moves, yep. uh, we yeah. just uh, finished up a, a trading period. Uh, what are your overall impressions on uh, Gordy Dry- uh, Gordy Dwyer's uh, moves that he made recently uh, up in Bathurst? 
Um, well, I mean, there were not like huge moves, but I think there were moves that were necessary. Um, the first one was getting a decent backup goalie for Benar. Um, everybody freaked out because when they acquired Sergei Litvinov, everybody was like, how the hell we can run with like two euros in net, blah, blah, blah. but he's not considered euro. He's considered like a, a guy from Ontario or something like that, but he's from oh, Russia okay. or whatever. Nice. Um, so um, that's one that was really happy because the second I saw that, he was cut from Shikudimi. I was like, we need that guy. And the next day, they got that guy for a 10-round pick, which was, I mean, you can count on one hand how many 10-round picks had a really big impact in the Q history. Um, and then we traded away Cameron Anderson. Uh, that was a real necessity because nothing against a guy, but I never thought that he should have made the team last year, and especially not this year. So we got, I don't remember exactly what we got for him, but I think it was a fifth and a 10th, mm -hmm. a fifth where he was drafted, which that's awesome, plus a 10th round pick that we basically got back from the trade that for Ledvinov. So that's mm -hmm. kind of even. Mm -hmm. But the big one <laughs> that I still can't understand what happened there, um, Owen Arnold, uh, a fifth round pick, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I, I am, but uh, maybe not. Third. We got a third and a six, uh, six for yeah. him. Yeah. He was a sixth round pick. I mean, I honestly think there's something behind that trade because that doesn't make any sort of sense in my mind. But we're on we're on the good end of that trade, so I won't <laughs> I, I I won't be pissed off. But yeah. I can't see that Sylvain Kutsuri. I mean, yeah, he left from Batters with. Uh, anyway, I won't go into detail, but uh, I really I'm really not sad that he's gone, but. I can't believe that the Cape Britain hair uh, basically like frigus guy mine or something because there's no reason in the world that we get a third and a six for Owen Arnold. Yeah, he's only 17. He's a big, tall guy. I know Simekusuri is absolutely in a big fan of big, tall guys. So maybe he was in love with that guy when he drafted him like two years ago. Uh, maybe he saw something in the camp that this year he was like, oh my goodness, I need that guy. Mm -hmm. Gordy Dwyer got the call and he said, oh, well, if you want him, we really like him also. So you'll have to overpay. And we got a third and a six. <laughs> so for his first test, Gordy Dwyer has an A plus on my, in my book. Now we'll have to get you on at the trade deadline and see how that A plus what it turned out to be. But exactly. we, we gotta yeah. we gotta so get there right now first. Now expectation for the Christmas deadline is super high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we gotta get there first. Um, yeah. This team, I mean, you know, Jacob Melanson is well, he's a Wildcat killer right now. But um, you know, I assume <laughs> Bednar's coming back. I I don't think he'll stay with Detroit in the AHL program. I think they've got a few goaltenders, so I would assume he's coming back. But um, I mean, what does this team look like moving before the trade deadline? Is this one of those where they're just going to put a boatload of points in the bank and then sell off at Christmas and hope for the best? Or, like, what what is the first half for this team? Um, I think, uh, well, if we take, like, only the Maritimes, um, we're going to be, like, really competitive up until Christmas. Yep. Uh, hopefully we can rack up some points against, like, lower-end team in, the, in Quebec also. Uh, obviously... We already know that Melanson, Kidney, for sure, are gone at Christmas. Maybe Allison, if he has a good first half. Maybe Benar, if the team has a spot for a 20-year-old slash Euro slash um, starting goaltender. And if he's good, obviously, that he has to be good, too. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm pretty sure that some of the guys might be dealt. I mean, 
Uh, Cole Larkin is a really good shutdown defenseman. Yeah, he won't put many points on the board, but um, he kind of reminds me like um, a steward that works with, with you guys that got traded to Charlottetown. He was not 20, yeah. but uh, mm-hmm. kind of remind me of that kind of trade that could happen. So we will be good in the first half. Hopefully we'll rack up some points and get maybe mid-standing, like overall in the queue. And after Christmas, um, a French thing, and I, I love squeeze the fist and hope for the best. <laughs> um, so hopefully that a few guys that I have in mind will step up one this uh, in the first half and some rookies will actually show um, that they can definitely be a good assets in this league. And maybe after Christmas, we'll just, if it's, I think you guys said that last year. If after Christmas we're like 500, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm, right. Because I know without Melanson, without Kenny, God knows, without Bennar, we're not a A-plus team like by far. Mm-hmm. But Kenny can be amazing. Melanson, if he's not suspended, can be amazing. Uh, Bennar has this really hot streak. We all also know he can be cold. So that's why I was happy we get a decent backup. So I would say first half, we're going to be pretty good. Second half, squeeze CFS and we're for the best. <laughs> I guess uh, when it comes to uh, Kidney and Melanson, do you see them as more of a package deal or do you think it's going to be uh, separate, uh, like separate trades, separate teams? Um, it's funny because I actually um, said that to one of my friends like a couple of days ago. I have a feeling, and I don't know anything at all. I'll be deadly honest with you. I heard a few rumors for each guy, but none were, like, together. But I have a feeling that the Titan could make some sort of trade, like Benoit Vigrou and Jared McIsaac, that uh, Moncton got from Halifax. So both going to the same team in two different trades, but being in the same universe kind of trade. Um, Because... They will be highly in demand, both of them. They're totally different players, but both of them on a winning team could be like friggin' mega superstars. Right. But the thing is, if I look at who will go, quotation, all in this year, I don't think anybody, maybe other than Gatno, has something realistically to pay to get both of them. Um I don't know why. I have a feeling that Melanson will end up in Halifax, but after the, the Robert Orr trade, I don't even know if Halifax is going to go this year, so that might not even be a thing because Melanson next year, I doubt, will be back in the queue. He will be probably in the AHL since uh, Seattle don't have a really big depth in terms of uh, players in the AHL. Um, so, yeah. If I'd have to give like a percentage, like I, I'm honestly thinking that 80% is going to be like separate deals, but there's a chance that one team can pull uh, Ale Mary and get both of them, which would be like a blockbuster trade for sure. <laughs> we're, we're a little tight on time this week, but I'll, uh, I'm going to ask you the same question. I'm going to ask everybody else we interview in this division. Um, realistically, completely unbiased opinion. Where do you see Bathurst finishing in the, in the division this year? Third. I like it. Yep. Yeah, that's I, I I can see that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I can tell you my my prediction. I have Halifax, Moncton, Batters, Cape Breton, San John, and Charlottetown. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is my standing. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, because I think last week when we had Tozer on and he gave his, I was like, 
I, depending on goaltending, and if you guys can't find a market for Bednar, that just helps you in the second half to have a mm-hmm. stable veteran goaltender playing in front of rookies and allowing them to make um, mistakes. Just, uh, you know, Philip Collette played for the Flyers here. Um, just your thoughts on him in the camp. I thought he looked pretty good on Friday, but not only him, but some of the rookies that uh, that have caught your eye that should make uh, should make an impact for the Titan, whether in the first half or the second half, is, is my final question for you, sir. Yeah, um, well, it kind of sucked that the Titans haven't announced their official roster yet. I thought it was going to happen today, but it's still pending, I guess, for the waiver uh, period. Um, so starting with Philippe Collette, I was anticipating him um, because I really liked him last year. Um, he had a good camp. Uh, was not the best in terms of rookies. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't... Yeah, he will be considered a rookie, actually. He played last year, but not enough to be... Uh, um, not considered a rookie, so he had a good camp. Uh, I think he will need to work on his skating a little bit. He seems to be always like not dragging, but like he's always behind in the play. But the guy has a really nice skills in terms of shot, of passing, hockey IQ, and everything. I think he will just need to work on his skates. Um, for the rookies, my main, well, that is still with the team, obviously, a surprise would be like Blake Pilgrim Edwards that we got from uh, Cape Breton in a super small deal. Uh, that guy just came out of nowhere, um, and I'm kind of shocked. Uh, he will more than likely make the team. I'm really anxious to see what he's going to do. Uh, a guy that we signed from uh, Ontario, Dominic Godin, he's, he's 18, but it's going to be his first year. Show some really nice flashes. Mm-hmm. I'm really pumped to see him. I think he's going to make it top six, probably, because he's a really offensive kind of guy. And another guy that we signed from um, Ontario is Mason Shitaroni, guy that was drafted by the London Knights uh, two years ago, I think. Uh, he's he's not going to put many points on the board, but he's going to put many penalties on the board and many hits on the board, <laughs> and that's the kind of player that I like. And that's pretty much it. Uh, there's a few other guys like Alexandre Lallier will be a nice rookie. Um, Thomas Pete, another guy that we got in a trade uh, earlier this summer with uh, Shawinigan. And there's also a question that who is going to be our second Euro because Ben Nog is coming back 99.9% sure. The Red Wings already called the Titans saying that he's going to be back. They want him to play in the queue this year because the only place that they would have realistically would be in the East Coast. And honestly, I don't think that's the best thing for yeah, him playing yeah. the East Coast. Yeah. Um, so we have Saminus, a Sweden guy. I was shocked, number one, he actually <laughs> came because Sweden guy in the queue is not a really uh, uh, really a big thing that happens often. And at our defense, we have uh, Petrus Bulins, a uh, guy from uh, Lativia. Lati, I don't know how to say that Latvia. in English, but um he played in the world well i don't think he played in the world juniors but he was on junior world juniors team right so right now i think they're going to keep both until Jan benar is coming back so they might have a few more preseason game and maybe a few regular season game to show themselves and once benar is back they will have to make a decision um Samenas is the big tall guy six foot five 215 pounds um, and uh, Boulins is on the smaller side, is six uh, 155. But both of them could bring something totally different that the Titans need 
because we don't have a lot of depth at defense. So if he can actually be good, that would be nice. And we don't have a lot of depth at centers. And Samana is the big center. So I'm kind of anxious to see who's going to win that battle. But definitely one of them will be cut in a few weeks. All right, man. Well, like I said, uh, like Jeremy said, we're a little tight on time. And we don't want to take up all of your time. You've got uh, family and, I don't know, pizza to eat and review and whatever other <laughs> podcast you're getting to. Maybe a corn TikTok tonight. Who knows? <laughs> But it's corn. Uh, it's corn. <laughs> corn. Corn. But if you do corn, you got to do pizza. It's pizza. <laughs> pizza. Pepperoni and cheese. <laughs> All right, man. Well, as always, we always enjoy having you on, and uh, we'll do it again during the season and definitely at the trade deadline time. Oh, yes, for sure. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, Johnny. Have a good one, guys. Thank you. All right. And again, kind of like last week, we go from the uh, the stands. We go up top. We go to the, the media lounge, the press box, the – Color play by play. I choked on my words there. Uh, color voice of the Charlottetown Islanders, Corey Arsenal, joining us again on our preseason show. Corey, how's your summer been? Well, it's been great. A little bit of golf in here, busy with kids, but uh, excited to be back at the rink and uh, certainly excited to, to spend a few minutes and, and chat with you, with you guys. Obviously, one of the best podcasts uh, in the CHL. You do great work and growing the game. So happy to with, with, with be with you guys here. Uh, for the next uh, little bit. Well, A, we appreciate that. B, I don't think you do a little bit of golf, sir. I think every day I see you, you're at a different <laughs> golf course on the island. So I think a little bit of golf is a, is a little bit off for you there. Yeah, I, I try to get uh, I try to get some some of my buddies fired up. Uh, they're always wondering uh, with with three kids uh, under eight how I'm able to do it. But uh, I have a loving wife, and uh, I have a work job that uh, involves a little bit of golf once in a while as well. So uh, it's a passion, just like uh, hockey. And uh, I certainly uh, maximize uh, golf in the summer and maximize uh, hockey and broadcasting and scouting in the wintertime so uh you know things are good living the dream living the dream that's <laughs> right but here we go back in uh back in the ranks uh, i guess charlton got kind of a later start to the uh to their training camp uh kickoff um how have uh how have things been going yeah i think with with the late finish in the season i think jim thought that it was going to be a good idea you know to give not only the players but the staff an extra week maybe to recharge uh he wanted to have a bigger training camp uh obviously the last few years there hasn't been as many spots uh open on the team uh, that is certainly going to change uh, this year so uh the veterans really haven't even been on the ice uh, today was the first day as the veterans were on the ice and it's always a bit of a unique challenge here in charlottetown as well with old home week uh taking place when training camps open up uh it, it's certainly a strain on the training staff when you know your home base and your washing machines are at the east link center but for the first week they're in cornwall at the apm center and now in Pondle. meanwhile the home base is still at, at charlottetown there's there's horse races there's dirt on the on the ice surface on the concrete so the ice season even had had been started at the east link center and that's year after year and you know a lot of people don't know that but that's that's the process that this team and the training staff uh, certainly has to go through. So to give them the extra week, I think was, was the right idea. And, you know, training camp's been good, competitive, 
uh, you know, everybody's got a clean sheet. Uh, there's lots of, you know, talent out there preseason. I know it has only been preseason, but, uh, you know, undefeated is always uh, a nice thing as well. Of course, uh, you know, the first week of preseason, it's really going to ramp up. And then, as we all know, the first five games, 10 games of the regular season, then you get the NHL players back from NHL camps. But, you know, I think they like what they see here right now in Charlottetown, but uh, they realize they're going to be in a position where they haven't been in uh, in the last couple of years. And that comes with growth uh, in, in major junior hockey. But the one thing Jim Holton demands is, is, competition and uh, he certainly let uh, all the uh, the walk-ons the the draft the players know that there's only one way to play and that's uh, in on pucks and and hard work is non-negotiable and, and we're starting to see some of that rub off here in, in the preseason yeah it's uh it doesn't matter whether it's a bunch of 16 year olds that haven't played together in in your rookie camp or you know it's the middle of february and you, you guys have been grinding it's the same hockey it's Jim Holton's hockey and it's it's the way they play. So you know, being a former goaltender that isn't at any elite level, I always like to talk from the net out. Uh, Lapena should be back as a twenty year old. Is it Lapena and Satney, or is it uh, you know maybe one of the younger guys that steps in and plays a limited backup role? Because I feel like Lapena is going to get a lot of the work. Yeah, and you know what? That's the million-dollar question uh, here right now. I know leading into the trade deadline, there was some interest around the league in, in Frankie LaPena, and rightfully so, but I think there's a bit of a glut of 20-year-old goaltenders right now, so the market probably isn't where uh, I know probably St. John and Charlestown want it to be, and they're not going to give away either of those players after they paid uh, a fairly significant price for both. But, you know, for the Islanders right now, I think it's, you know, Frankie, if they can move him to a contending team, I think they would do that. Uh, you know, Shatney for me is quite capable of being a number one goaltender in this league. And as a 19 year old, it's, it's a bit of a tough asset to have backing up uh, a 20 year old star who I think LaPena, you know, has proven that he's the top three to five goaltender in the league when he's, when he's on his game and, mm-hmm. and sat his numbers were outstanding in his rookie season. Jack Flanagan has come in and has been terrific in camp. Uh, he's a New Brunswick native played at the Mount Academy. Uh, you know, he was a sixth round pick. He's six, four, 17 years old. He looks like he's ready. To, to start that major junior process. So, I mean, they got they got a couple of decisions on their hands. We all know that 20-year-old goaltenders or 20-year-old players can be dealt at any time. So that could happen, I think, maybe, potentially at any time if somebody wants to step up and, and you know, pay the price. But if it doesn't, then, you know, that the other side of the coin is it's, it's a bit of a 20-year-old logjam when you got Bianca Batuka, William Trudeau, Kieran Gallant, and we're not even talking about Dawson Stairs or Patrick LeBlanc, who I think could be quite uh, capable players as 20-year-olds uh, in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. So, I mean, that's the million-dollar question. The team strength, for me, is going to be goaltending and defense right now. Uh, you know, and, and over, this is the 20th year of Major Junior Hockey in Charlottetown, and I've been with the team since year one of the Rocket, and they've always had great goaltending. And I do not see that changing this year with Frankie LaPena and Oliver Shatney as your one-two combo. Maybe the best combo, in my mind, uh, in the queue this season. Yeah, hundred percent. It's pretty safe to say uh, there's there's been some pretty significant turnover uh, compared to uh, compared to last 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 season. I guess last season's team. Um, what's it going to take for this team to be successful this year? Uh, obviously, you know Jim Holton behind the bench is uh, step one. Step one. But um, I want to use the, t- the term piss and vinegar. Uh, <laughs> is it going to take a lot of piss and vinegar for for Charlottetown to to be competitive this year? 
Well, I mean, I think, I think the guys they're going to have, they're going to be competitive, but it's one thing to be competitive and another thing to be skilled. Right. And, and right now that's maybe a little bit of the concern is, you know, we've had so much skill. We lost so much skill with, with Brett Budgel, Xavier Seminole, Noel Lowney, I mean, Lucas Cormier. There's those guys come along. You know, we've never had a defenseman like Cormier in 20 years. And we may not have another one in another 20 years. Although Marcus Kearse, he's a, a guy that I think everybody's really high on. A little unfair to compare him to Cormier, but he's a similar skater. I don't think he has the offense capability that, that Cormier has. Not many players do win back-to-back defenseman of the year in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, but you're losing a 50-goal scorer and Patrick Gay as well. You know, like these guys you just can't replace. And Jim has done such a tremendous job. I think in the last six years, nobody's had a better winning percentage in the queue than Jim Holton. And and, and that doesn't happen very often. Like you're talking about a two- or three-year window, but he's kept this team competitive from the get-go. Now last year they really spent a lot of assets to go all in. It was disappointing to come up short in the finals, but uh, you know, I think everybody around the team, including ownership realizes that you got to spend a little to, to get to that, you know, get to that destination. And everybody really enjoyed that ride last year. And I think everybody's hungry to get back to it, but it's going to take a little bit of time. Now you're going to have to be patient. Uh, you know, at, at Christmas time this year, I can see basically the team basically scorched whoever's, you know, for sale, the highest bidder, you can have them, and you're going to start that rebuild. And it's going to take a couple of years to get back. But the other side of the coin with Jim and, and with Guy Girard is, you know, and, and to me that, you know, other than what they bring day in and day out and what, what the expectations are around the team and the way they built the program, we've never had the free agent pipeline in Ontario like we had since those two Ontario natives showed up, along with Kevin Henderson, another assistant coach. All three coaches are from Ontario and our goaltending coach Paul Drew's from Ontario uh, too. So you can call us the Ontario Islanders or, <laughs> or whatever, but I mean, we have a couple more free agents that have come in and you need those guys to try to get you fill some gaps and get remain competitive and get you to the next level. A la Hunter Drew and, and Brendan Clavel. And there's a couple of guys in, in camp this year that I think have a chance to be those types of players. So, you know, that, that's been, that's been critical uh, in the years past. And I think it will be again, Lucas uh, Romero. uh, He's a free agent, 17 year old late bloomer. That's going to stick with the team. Uh, We got Robbie Rutledge who had 40 plus goals last year in the Northern Ontario junior league. He's a guy at 17. He's going to be 18 this year that, you know, he was up for rookie of the year in tier two. Uh, that is going to be counted on maybe not this year, but in the future, the score goals, uh, they have this other kid, uh, Giovanni Morneau, who averaged uh, a lot of points. He's, he's small, but he's a spark plug and he can skate. He has some skills. So those are three Ontario free agents that they're going to make, make the team this year and certainly help out. I mean, when you, when you've been adding players all along, you're trading draft picks and it's tough to find kids. You got to do a real good job on the scouting side to find guys in the second, third, fourth round, and even beyond when you're not picking flush with picks every year. It becomes a challenge, but having that free agent connection certainly is going to help here. But, you know, and the Maritime Division is competitive. Uh, there's not going to be any easy easy games uh, any night, and I expect us to be competitive at home. It's, it's going to be goal scoring. That's going to be a challenge, but when you have goaltending like Frankie LePen and Oliver Shatney, you know, they, they're going to win us some hockey games in the back end still with Bianca Batuka and Trudeau, Jacob Squires, uh, Tessier's had a nice camp from Halifax. They made that trade. And then uh, Kiersey on the back end with Anton Toplinetsky kind of rounds out a nice, nice top six there on the back end. But the, the, the real competition is up front uh, in, in scoring.
So this team's had the the same type of leadership group for the past couple of years with Simino and Cormier and and Budgel and you know where does it where does it go now? I mean, obviously the twenty year olds are always leaders, but um, you know who's the who who do you see as kind of the leader in the locker room um, as well? Like how good can Brabic be with the offense? Because that's the thing with Charlottetown. they're going to stop a lot of pucks. Their goalies are going to steal some games, but where are they going to where are they going to put the puck in the net? So kind of a two for question there for you. Yeah, yeah, and, and and that's kind of that's kind of the million dollar question, you know. But to me, Jacob Rabinich last year in the playoffs was arguably our best player, and I think he has a chance, a legit chance, of being a top player in the queue this year at 19 years old. You watch him on the ice away from the puck. He's unbelievable. His practice habits, his dad's still playing pro hockey in Czech. His grandfather was a, a Czech uh, Olympian in basketball. His sister is a high-end basketball player. This guy's practice habits, he line, I've never seen, he lines up like 12 pucks on top of each other, and he takes one hand in the stick, and he practices knocking them off one at a time all the way down to the end. Pucks along the half wall. Little things like getting a rim and just having one hand in the stick, picking pucks up into his skates. Like he's ultra skilled and defensively, if you watch him, he, he's outstanding. I mean, you know, he's he's going to be a guy that I think a lot of teams are going to be zeroing in on at, at the Christmas trade deadline. It, you know, and he's going to have to lead the offense, but he's not going to be getting passes from Lucas Cormier, Brett Budgel, Xavier Seminole, Patrick Gay on the power play. Yeah, he's going to be getting from William Trudeau, who Trudeau <laughs> I think has a chance to be a top overage defenseman in the league. But then up front, that's where it kind of falls off. Michael Horth is a guy that kind of flew under the radar. He's going to St. Louis's rookie camp. You know, he's a late round pick. He's big. He can skate. Is he a, is he an eighty point guy? Uh, I don't know, but he's going to get an opportunity to play with. You know, on the top line, Kieran Gallant is you know to me, Kieran Gallant's a heart and soul type player. He's going to take on a leadership role. We know how well he competes each and every shift, but you know, he's, he's a checking line center. Like he's not a, a top six offensive guy, but he's valuable because he's going to go up against every team's top players. He's going to kill every penalty. He's going to block shots. He's going to lay it on the line, but you're right. Ben Boyd's another guy that, you know, under the radar, he's going to get an opportunity to play top six minutes, you know, and then we talked about the free agents, Morneau, a small centerman who who put up, you know, 60 points in junior A in Rockland last year as a 19-year-old. But, you know, after that, it, it does get a little dicey. We got, you know, there's just a lot of guys that are going to get an opportunity to addition. But, you know, it, it, it's certainly going to be going to be dried up. But, I mean, this Jim Holton's teams haven't always been flush with offense, right? Like yeah. last year, last year they were, they had, they had, the guys but in years past you know you think about a couple years back where they we went to the semifinals you had pascal Akin, keith gets and cam Askew that year right like nikita alexandrov like they weren't a team built with stars they had some talent but they weren't a team built with loaded with points and they were able to get it done with with coaching with structure and with work ethic and i think you'll see that again i'm not predicting the semifinal but i you know i think it's going to be a competitive first half Second half will be interesting at the Christmas trade deadline because the rebuild or retool, I guess Jim likes to call it, uh, you know, is going to have to begin. But Jacob Rabinage to me is, you know, and I'm not trying to be biased, but he's probably the best Euro in the league and he has a chance to, to be one of the best players this year. All right, now now I do I don't want you to be biased here. Uh, I know you talked about Rabinich being biased, you know, biased there, but um, this is the last one from us there, uh, Corey. Before you let you go, I'm asking this to everybody. 
uh, that we that comes on the show. Uh, where where do you see the Islanders finishing uh, within the Maritimes division this year? Mm. That's a tough one. I, I think I think Halifax is probably well. I thought Halifax was going to be the class, and then they're trading Bobby Orr, who's a top six player that yeah. you know has an opportunity to fill the net. So I'm kind of wondering what's going on over there. I think Bathurst with Cordy Dwyer. Anytime you have Riley Kidney and Jacob Melanson, uh, you know I, I think those two teams are, are better teams than us right now. St. John, I'm not quite sure what they have, but I think we're as competitive with them. Uh, Cape Breton should be better, but they've struggled. Uh, but I think once their team gets together and gets going, you know, I, I see I see two teams ahead in in Halifax and potentially Bathurst, and then Moncton. Like you know, I, I like Moncton's pieces. I I, I question is their goaltending good enough. Um, I thought Frankie LePetum, that might be a spot for Frankie to be, you know, uh, lead that team to the next level. Filion is, is the guy that I think everybody has high hopes for and was drafted really high and obviously was a big piece in, in the trade. But, I mean, it's a prove-it year for him, right? And if you don't have goaltending in this league, you're going to have a hard time winning. And Ruchi is another guy in Cape Breton, great kid. Uh, talented player, but it's a proven year at 18 years old. Uh, you know, St. John's got 20 year old Ursa bees, but you know, and they got some pieces left over. So I, 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 I don't know. I see Halifax Bathurst in my gut and I see the other teams kind of battling it out. And, you know, you would think that Cape Breton and Moncton would have the edge, but I see, I see Charlottetown probably fourth place in the division, fifth place, but if, you know, real good year, Maybe they finish third, but I, I, I don't know. But I hope they're a playoff team at the end of the day. I think that's all, all, all you can ask for. Yep, that's a, and it's tough to put your crystal ball on and see what the team looks like after the uh, trade period. So you're basically just trying to get as many points as you can with the team you have now, and uh, hopefully those points in the bank, kind of the free fall, or I guess they call it, isn't isn't too far. But uh, you know what, Corey? We always appreciate you jumping on um, – in our preseason previews as well as in and around the deadline. So hopefully we can have you on in and around the Christmas trade period if you're up for it. Yeah, no, and listen, boys, uh, this year the, the radio broadcast, we're doing all uh, 68 games, so that means uh, lots of games against Moncton. And I'm certainly going to be asking you guys to uh, to return the favor for a couple intermissions because there's uh, only so much you can talk about uh, <laughs> yeah, to a kid or to a coach uh, yeah. game in and game out. So keep your phones on. Absolutely. We'll we will we will definitely do that. You pencil us in, we'll pencil you in, and, and we'll have a few chats this season. All right, boys. Cheers. See us at the rink. Thanks, Thanks for Corey. this. Have Thanks, a good one. I got to say, I, it's we continually have guests week after week, but this may be a top a top show to, to try and top these two guests with Johnny Rocket and Corey Arsenal. Well, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, you know, if we if uh, if there's ever an episode where we have uh, Mr. Irving and Jill Cortell on that, you know, <laughs> that, might that have is some it. competition. Ding, 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 but, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's probably it. Of course, you know Santa Claus, right? Yeah. Anytime we can big. get Santa Claus yeah, yeah. to come on the show, uh, it's always uh, always a big deal. Yeah. No, I I like where both of them are at. I think, uh, like Corey said, goaltending is in this league, but in this division mm-hmm. is a big thing. And yep. he's not wrong on Filion. He's not wrong on wrong on Ruccia. It's prove it years and. I, I don't really see LaPena here because it's Philion's show and we got mm-hmm. Steinman. Uh, but, you know, I asked him $2 million questions and where are they going to find the offense? Yeah. Right? It's going to be tough, but they found the offense in those two games against uh, against Moncton. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 
<coughs> They're doing something right. <clears throat> yep, absolutely. So that'll do it for us. Again, a major thanks to Corey Arsenault from Islanders Radio Network and Johnny Rocket for giving us a preview of the Islanders and the Titan. We're taking next week off because, well, the rest of the queue is. Uh, so it's Labor Day weekend, so please, everybody, have a safe, uh, long weekend. Uh, we will see you back on September 14th as we're going to preview the Mooseheads and the Eagles. And then the 21st is the Wildcats. And then just like that, it's finally regular, regular season. season. <laughs> All right, guys. You guys have a safe and happy long weekend. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.